Theological education should be affordable. Seminary students should not have to take out tens of thousands of dollars in student loans to train for the ministry. At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, our students pay a base of $75 per credit hour and a $375 per semester fee. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? So again, it's a Sabbath uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a charge of, of, of not being lawful on the Sabbath, right? 11, and he said to them, what man is there among you who is one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. So in these verses, Jesus here practices what he preaches. Uh, they set up a test here, right, with a man who has a withered hand. And uh, so they ask if it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath because they believe that this would violate God's Sabbath command. Uh, so Jesus exposes their hypocrisy by showing that all of them would pull their sheep out of a pit on the Sabbath day in order to save and take care of their sheep. Of course, uh, a man is worth far more than a sheep. Uh, so it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath, um, which then is why Jesus heals this man before them in restoring his hand. So rather than uh, accept his biblical correction, of course, we see the hardness of the hearts of the Pharisees uh, when they then decide that, that this is enough and Jesus's ministry must be stopped and uh, he must be destroyed, which is why they uh, are planning then ultimately for his death. Uh, but but what, what this means then is that uh, we must take care of ourselves and take care of others on the Lord's day through duties of necessity and mercy. Uh, you asked, why is this important to our conversation? Well, it's to not get caught up like the Pharisees in making Sabbath keeping an end in itself. Uh, that's a danger when you start looking to the law of God uh, in, in order to um, to it's the, the law itself being the means through which we relate to God and, and, and connect with God and seek God's favor and approval. Uh, it, this, is, this is why Mark records in his account of what happened here between Jesus and the Pharisees, uh, these words from Christ in Mark 2, verses 27 and 28, that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. <laughs> Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So we must keep this proper purpose of the Sabbath in mind as we seek to obey the fourth commandment today, that uh, the fourth commandment uh, does not uh, keep us from these acts of necessity and acts of mercy. Uh, but, but we are, um, these are duties that, that we are uh, required to carry out uh, on, on the Sabbath day uh, because they're, 
uh, things that God has called us to do in, in uh, loving him and loving our neighbor, in, in caring for, for ourselves and for others. Excellent. Excellent. And thank you for that. Um, we both confess the Second London Confession of Faith. So I'm curious, uh, why does this conversation matter for people who do confess the Second London? Yeah. Well, it's a good question, and I hope you don't see me as pushing back here, but (laughs) I'd say this conversation matters to all Christians and really for all of humanity, since God's moral law is a reflection of his righteous standard for us as his image bearers. So it's it's, it's not only for those of us who confess the Second London, uh, but it it matters for Reformed Baptists, I would say, first and foremost, so that we'll please God through our obedience to his Sabbath command, which is holy and just and good. Uh, we are guided into holiness through keeping the Sabbath day holy. Uh, you see, this is the weekly rhythm that God has designed for us to live with. So it's through the keeping of the Christian Sabbath that God is reminding us of our rest in him and preparing us to enter the fullness of this eternal rest in his presence. But until Christ returns and we enter our eternal rest, A Sabbath remains to worship in God's presence as his people and be renewed by his gospel through our worship. So it's through observing the Sabbath that really we're weaned from the world. And we develop a taste for the world to come through our worship. So, you know, again, you think of a a young child, a a baby uh, who has been used to drinking uh, his mother's milk, right? Uh, there, there's a, that, that, that's good. And that's, that's necessary, um, in, in many ways, but our, our goal for our child, uh, for this baby would be to move away from that and to uh, be able to eat solid food, right? In a, in, in a similar way, you know, we're those who are living in the world, uh, but, but this world is, is corrupt, it's sinful, it, we're, it's, it's, it's under the curse, and, and will ultimately pass away. And so uh, we're, we're not to remain in love for this world or the things of this world, uh, but we are to look forward to and, and, and the, the future to come. And this, this world to come, we, we develop this taste, we mature through uh, the Sabbath and, and, and the worship that we keep on the Sabbath, this weaning and uh, learning how to, to appreciate the, the glories that are to come through the Sabbath day, which means then that this isn't an optional doctrinal distinctive that we can choose whether to observe or not, right? But this is, a, this is crucial to how we're to live out our faith in Christ. And it's why then we have an entire chapter in our confession that summarizes this biblical teaching uh, so that we as Reformed Baptists can unite together and, and confess this as churches so that we'll then live these truths out together uh, as followers of Christ. Um, but I'd also say that this is important for uh, those who confess the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith and, and uh, for us as Reformed Baptists, because living this way is, is so countercultural uh, to living in our 24-7 society, right? Like, uh, this is just not the way people live today. 
which means that living this way can cost us. Um, we may not be offered positions or promotions in the workplace. Um, we may not uh, be able to play sports or participate in events or activities that are scheduled on Sundays. Uh, we may not be respected by fellow believers who deny this biblical teaching of the Christian Sabbath. Okay. But we must not compromise because the cost to our souls is far greater than any cost of hardship in our lives. So uh, this, is, this is going against the tide. Uh, this is going against the tide for us, those of us who are confessional, even among a broader evangelical community uh, to live this way. And so, you know, uh, to give one example, uh, you know, my, my son, uh, it goes to a school here in the community, and uh, he enjoys uh, playing sports, especially baseball. Uh, but of course, even uh, at the Christian school, their extracurricular activities, you know, they may have baseball uh, games or practices uh, that, that are scheduled on Sunday. Um, now, uh, they, they may be in the afternoon with the idea that maybe people go to church in the morning and, and then our children can participate in sports in the afternoon. Um, but, but my point is, you know, one of the ways that we've had to uh, disciple, uh, in, 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 in a sense, our son during this time is by teaching him the value of the Sabbath and that there are things more important in your life than baseball. Uh, there, 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 there's Christ. There's uh, the, the beauty and, and, and the blessing of uh, spending this day uh, worshiping him, gathering with the church, and in, in, in being together with family, and, and, and pursuing uh, these things uh, on this Lord's day. And so, look, I can't say, you know, we, we do this perfectly, but what I'm saying is uh, this is something that, that we're always going to be tempted to compromise on, uh, that, that, that we're regularly uh, going to be asked to uh, not keep in, in a world that doesn't uphold uh, the, the Christian Sabbath. So, so that's why another reason I think it's, it's important for us to be reminded of why uh, God has given us this command and, and, and why it's uh, a part of our confession of faith. Mm. You mentioned that keeping the Lord's Day Sabbath is going to be countercultural. Um, you also mentioned that perhaps there may be opposition from within broader Christianity, broader evangelicalism. Um, I suspect that some of our listeners have a good understanding of what the Lord's Day Sabbath is, but perhaps some that are listening have never heard this taught and they've never observed the Lord's Day Sabbath because they don't un have an understanding of the things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm curious just for um, perhaps that listener, what does an ordinary Lord's Day Sabbath look like for you? What does it look like for your family? And what does it look like for your church? Right. Well, that's, that's a, it's a great question, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, what a typical Lord's Day looks like. Uh, we 
obviously will wake up in the morning uh, together as a family uh, and prepare to meet with God's people in our church for worship. And uh, so, you know, we'll obviously um, uh, eat and, and, and dress ourselves in preparation for meeting together with God's people. Uh, and then, of course, travel to the church uh, to, to, to gather then with God's people. Um, you see, with this understanding of the Lord's Day, uh, another aspect that, that's often, uh, that, that needs to be, excuse me, that needs to be connected to this is recognizing that on this day, God has given us this day to then gather together with his people in worship. And when we gather in worship, we're, we're actually entering into God's presence in, in a way that we're not living in, in God's presence in each and every day. And so there's this uh, anticipation and this desire to then um, come together with God's people for uh, worshiping him and receiving his ordinary means of grace, right? So, so really then uh, we begin our day by preparing and, and then going to the church to gather with God's people in his presence. We're, we're raised to the heavenlies uh, together uh, to, to come before God's throne and worship. And, and so that's the, the blessing then of, uh, and, and the centrality then in the Christian life of uh, the assembling of our, of, of our churches in worship. Uh, but then, you know, so, so while we're together in worship, of course, we'll, um, we'll sing, we'll pray, we'll hear God's words preached, we'll uh, observe the sacraments or ordinances. Uh, God gives, again, these ordinary means of grace. Um, after church, often there might be a time of um, continued fellowship as we're uh, talking to one another, uh, hopefully continuing to, um, to carry out the, some of the one another's that are taught in scripture uh, in our conversations and in uh, doing various things. Um, often after church then, you know, we'll return home. I'll uh, ask my children questions um, about, you know, what they learned in Sunday school, about uh, what they remember from the sermon, and, and, and seek to carry on a discussion that will continue to be fruitful in their lives. So it's not in one ear, out the other, right? It's not Sunday morning's done, and now we're going on to do whatever. Uh, but, but to continue to let those truths uh, you know, simmer and, and foster there. Um, and so to try to follow up on what they've heard and learned and discuss and apply these truths in their lives. Um, another thing we'd often do after we met for church, uh, at least before my daughter developed some significant health issues, is that we'd invite others into our home, uh, share a meal, enjoy a time of fellowship. Uh, again, uh, in, in spending time together, you can have conversations about uh, Christ, about biblical teaching, about uh, the gospel, uh, about you know, ministry and, 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 and how we're to serve God and, and, and uh, just what, how God is at work in, in our lives, just lots of different ways that, that we can uh, be blessed in terms of this kind of fellowship. Uh, and we're not able to do so, frankly, as I said, because of some of our, uh, the health issues in our family, but we've also enjoyed the hospitality of others and going into their homes, of course, as well in the afternoon. Uh, so, 
Uh, and and to be honest, uh, there there are some afternoons where uh, we may lay down to take a nap, right? Uh, just to uh, again be uh, rest and be refreshed. Uh, and and our now our church doesn't have an evening service. I know uh, other churches do, and I think that is a good way uh, to both begin and end each Sabbath day in the presence of God, worshiping Him, him as a church. So I, I would commend that practice. Um, but our church does currently meet twice a month in the evening for a prayer meeting, which again is an opportunity to gather and, and pray with God's people. And, and so, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not hard when you look to uh, the Lord's day and the purpose for which God has given us the, the Christian Sabbath to fill the day with, with, with ways that we can seek to worship God and, and, and rest in him and, and please God. Um, you know, sometimes in the evening, my family may also uh, enjoy some time together uh, by playing board games or card games. Uh, so I'm, I'm not one of those who sees the confessions, worldly employment and recreations as excluding all forms of recreation. Uh, I, I think there, there's a way in which there can be a refreshment that's going on uh, through, through some of these things. Uh, but without getting into those debates among Sabbatarians, you know, we'll simply say that that rather than, as I said, focusing on all of, all the you know, here's the things we can't do. Um, I found it more fruitful in my own life and in my family's life to think through. Okay, here, wh what are the things that we should do and can do, and 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 that will be helpful for us to do, and and again, that that helps to avoid that that ditch or that trap of, of uh, legalistic observance where it's about, you know, not doing these things or in that kind of thing. So hopefully that's helpful to those who are listening. Yeah. Yes. And that transitions us well to our last question. And in this last question, feel free to add any final encouragements, thoughts, uh, or comments that you have about any part of our conversation. But sure, sure. Uh, in my experience of explaining the Christian Sabbath to someone who's never heard it, uh, I think people often think that this means that the Lord's Day Sabbath is a burdensome day, mm -hmm. um, perhaps even a day like um, the Pharisees had made it out to be whenever it was on Saturday in the Old Covenant. So by way of concluding this conversation, what are the blessings of the Lord's Day Sabbath for the follower of Christ? I think you've alluded to them, but now you get right. a more fuller opportunity <laughs> to speak to it. Yeah, well, may maybe I'll take this in a slightly different direction. Because if, if somebody tells me, you know, this sounds like a burden, well, God's law is a burden. Uh, it, it's an impossible burden. <laughs> if we see keeping the Sabbath as a requirement for us to maintain our salvation, uh, to, to uh, be the, the means through which our relationship with God is, is uh, established or, or continues. Again, this is legalism. This is uh, not a, a, the right way in which we should look to the law of God, because it ultimately leads to despair. The truth is we all fail. In our sinfulness, we cannot keep the Sabbath day holy. <laughs> uh, and so we, learn, we live under the curse of death and hell without any hope of entering into God's rest to live in his presence. So so again, the, we, we want to look to Christ who kept and keeps the Sabbath perfectly for us. 
that while he was accused of breaking the Sabbath, he was showing us what God had always meant it to be. And, and so the gospel is that the Sabbath no longer condemns us because Christ is Lord of the Sabbath and we enter into God's rest, not by belonging to God's people or by going to church or, or, or you know, following certain rules about the Christian Sabbath, uh, but we enter into God's rest by Christ's righteousness and rest uh, that, that we then join with him in, right? So in Christ, God's law is transformed from a burden to a blessing since it serves us as a guide for us as believers in Christ. Those who look to it as a burden, I think, are often thinking of it legally. They're thinking of it as a law we must keep rather than law that guides us uh, to, uh, to glorify God and to become like Christ. And, and so when we look at the Sabbath this way, we see that the Sabbath is a blessing that God has given us a day to begin each week by entering in his presence as his people in worship to receive his ordinary means of grace. And our souls are then nourished and refreshed to carry out our work in this world through the rest of the week. So the problem is that we, again, I think we tend to reduce the Sabbath to a list of do's and don'ts where I focus all of the things on the things I can't do on Sunday rather than all of the blessings that God promises me by separating this Lord's day for his glory in our good. So, so sometimes uh, if, if I were having this discussion with someone who, who sees it as a burden, I think I would, you know, ask, why is this a burden? Uh, wh why do, what do you see God meaning when he gave the Sabbath and, and, and trying to, um, answer these questions in, 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 in light of what God has revealed in his word. Um, because for those of us who have come to not only recognize this is true, but sought to practice this way of living, I, I just as my own testimony, have, have found it as such a tremendous blessing to my soul that I, I don't really know how I could be living uh, the Christian life um, without the Sabbath, without this rhythm that God has given of rest and work, right? Rest the first day, work the other six days, and this path, this pattern continuing. So, uh, so that, you know, I, I'd, I'd really want to make sure that, uh, so, that people have a proper understanding of the Sabbath. Again, I was raised... <laughs> Going back to the beginning of our conversation, I was raised in an environment where the Sabbath was legalistic and it was, you know, what we could and couldn't watch on TV on Sunday or what we could and couldn't do when we went outside on Sunday or, you know, I've, I've lived that way and it is miserable. <laughs> okay. And frankly, my rebellious heart was just looking for ways to break it anyway. Okay. So I, I, I get that. Uh, but, but again, that's not why God gave the Sabbath. And it's, it's a freeing of time for us to devote to him and to be blessed by him. And, and so I hope more and more we'll, we'll not only see this as true, but experience the, the wonderful fruit that comes through observing it. Amen. Amen. We have been speaking on the Lord's Day Sabbath, um, and John DeVito has given us his experience of the Lord's Day, or the Sabbath, excuse me, as uh, 
an unbeliever, as a Mormon, as a new convert who didn't view the Lord's Day as a Sabbath, and then now to this more biblical understanding that the Lord's Day is a Sabbath filled with so many blessings to the believer in Christ. So, brother, thank you so much for taking all this time to uh, talk about this important subject for our listeners. Well, again, it's been a blessing to be here and uh, hope that uh, all of us will continue to be guided by uh, the, the truths of God's word as, uh, as we are living out of gratitude for the grace we've received in Christ. Amen. And to our listeners, we want to wish you grace and peace. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.